Hello and welcome to a Kara Kitsu podcast. Today we'll be speaking with Chris Chapman and we'll be discussing using technology in strength and power training. Some of the tech we'll be discussing is being highlighted in the human performance program. If you'd like to learn how to unlock the maximum human potential using neurophysiology, visit karakinstitute.com. Hello and welcome to a Karakinstitute podcast. My name is Dr. Freddie Garcia, and today we're going to be talking to Chris Chapman. And today's topic is using tech in strength and power training. Chris, can you hear me? I can. How are you doing today? I'm doing awesome, man. Thank you so much for coming on the show. I appreciate it. Oh, likewise. Glad to talk shop anytime with uh, great minds like yourself. <laughs> so, hey, so let's let's nerd out here. Uh, you work for a company called uh, Push, right? Yes, sir. And I love all the tech that you guys have going on, and because I've been paying attention to it, and we're actually incorporating a lot of that stuff into uh, a specific program for the Carrick Institute, the Human Performance Program. But you may be new to our audience, so tell us a little bit about yourself. What's your background, and how do you end up working at Push? Sure thing. Uh, I'll give you the Coles notes because uh, the story can drag on. Um, essentially. <laughs> Love sport growing up, but I was a uh, jack of all trades, master of none. So when it came time to go to the collegiate level, you know, I didn't really have the, the skills to go all in on one. Um, but I knew I wanted to be around sport. So I went into kinesiology and I focused all my education around the science of sport. You know, I was a, a nerd in high school um, that liked sport. And so I just wanted to mash the two together. Um, and then, uh, you know, I started out as a trained as an athletic therapist and physiologist because those were the two areas my school, uh, McMaster University, was really good at. But I kept finding myself being brought back to the weight room. And uh, I finally decided, you know what, I'm spending all my time in here anyways. Let's just make this my job. And then every day isn't work to me. It's uh, what I'd be doing in my free time. So got myself a mentor and just started going down the path of getting all my certifications and experience. And uh, I kind of never stopped from there. Uh, worked in a sports high school as a strength coach, was an assistant strength coach at university, and then worked my way up to uh, the Canadian Sport Institute, which is the Canadian equivalent of the USOC or the uh, English Institute of Sport. You know, it's where all our Olympians mm-hmm. and national team athletes train. So, and I spent uh, almost a decade there before joining PUSH, which brings me to now. Wow. You, I mean, a decade there, that must have been a real trip, huh? Yeah, it was. It's super interesting. You know, I had the same athletes on the same teams for two full quads. And, you know, when you, you're building that relationship and you're watching and measuring someone, man, you get to really dive deep into some cool stuff. That's incredible. So hey, let's talk push, though. So the company has lots going on. We're going to be talking about one of the things you guys have created, which I absolutely love. But uh, what's the deal with push? You guys are really innovative. Can you tell us a little bit more about the actual company? Yeah, so the company is uh, Toronto-based, and it was started about five, six years ago. Um, It was an engineer from Waterloo, um, and and most people may not have heard of it, but in America, it'd be the equivalent to like a Stanford or MIT up here in Canada. So it's our top engineering university, bar none. And, um, you know, the CEO was trying to solve problems by measuring stuff in the weight room, and he's a, a mechatronics engineer, and he built the first device in his basement. Um, and saw it had some legs and just kept going from there. You know, the push band is our flagship device and uh, it, it's it's where we spend most of our time and it's where we still see the next frontier. You know, there's, there's legacy devices 
that have been out for a while. And what it did is it kind of broke down that barrier um, and made it accessible to the masses because it brought down the price point. Right. Hey, so let's talk about the, the push band. Now, the push band, we're, we are featuring it. We're literally at center stage, as, uh, especially in module one of the human performance program in strength and power development. We are literally putting this in the hands of every single attendee. And we have coaches from all around the world coming in uh, to learn from Dr. Kenneth J and Dr. Joe Clark and Dr. Mike Nelson and myself. So we're excited about the program. So we went out and got what we feel is the best tech and resources to make the best coaches in the world. The push band at center stage. Tell me about the push band. I mean, I know a lot about it, but some of the people at home, this may be the first time they're hearing about it. It's your flagship product. What's what's the deal? Yeah, so the push band is uh, an accelerometer and gyroscope. Um, it's it's pretty small. It's smaller than uh, I'd say like the size of a card. You know, it's uh, it fits on your uh, forearm, or you can put it in a little sleeve on the barbell. So there's many attachments for it. You can wear it on a waist belt, put it around your waist. Um, but it's essentially the same hardware that you can find in your phone, accelerometers and gyroscopes. Um, and that's that's kind of, you know, the sensors are readily available and they're used a lot, but what makes the push band different is the software and algorithms and the stuff under the hood. You know, our engineers are, um, are, are robotics engineers and, and electronical engineers. And, we're essentially doing reverse robotics to compute all these metrics. So um, what you do is is we can figure out the physics of how the body's moving from one single point where you're wearing the band. And that's how we give all these metrics. Um, so that's kind of where the, the meat and potatoes of the device are. Now, the previous tech was a, a string pod, an LPT, a linear position transducer, and you would attach a string from a box to a barbell. Now the 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 issue with that is that a it was expensive. They cost two to three thousand U.S., which isn't cheap nor accessible. And then you're very limited in what you could do. You know, you can only attach it to a barbell for the most part. You know, maybe do some jumps. So what the push band did was disrupt the space because uh, accelerometer gyroscope. You know, combined they're known as an inertial motion unit or IMU. IMUs are really cheap and. And all the magic because it happens software end. You know, we brought the price point down to under three hundred dollars for one of these units. Um, and because all of the updates are software based, once you have the hardware, you're good to go. Anything we add in will just be a download of an update. Um, so that's kind of how we we disrupted and why this tech is is leading the industry right now. All right. So I gather that it's a uh, like a gyroscope in your phone. Do you, what's the frequency that it's recording data? Do you happen to know that? Yeah, so we sample at a thousand hertz and then we do sensor fusion so all the signals mash together. We do down sample to 200 hertz and that's for uh, Bluetooth transmission. But we have some novel techniques that also allow us to reconstruct the signal. So it's essentially a thousand hertz frequency. Wow, so I like that. You guys have a little secret sauce in your calculations. Yeah, we, we got a lot of secret sauce. And again, I give credit to those Waterloo engineers. They're, uh, they're wizards. All right, so let's talk about what's the type of data that you're getting from this thing. Um, yeah, like what are we what are we really looking at? Let's say you have it strapped to. Well, give me a couple different scenarios. You said you have lots of attachments. Can you go over all the attachments and and how you would use it? For sure. So it was originally worn on the forearm, and the reason was is you, you can do a lot more exercises by wearing the band on the forearm than you can by attaching a string to a barbell. So 
the idea was an individual or an athlete could wear it during their whole workout and we can quantify everything they're doing. Now, where the barrier came was when, uh, you know, like me as a strength coach, say I got a few athletes on a single rack and we're working in a multi-athlete flow, like especially like an NCAA uh, weight room environment where you might have three or four athletes per rack on 10 racks. Mm-hmm. So if they're all wearing them, that means you need a device per person. And then you also need a, a, a tablet or a phone for the information to go to per person. And that didn't really work. So what we did is we built a little sleeve to put it on the barbell. So you basically take the device off the forearm and put it in the, the barbell sleeve. And now what you can do is leave it on the bar and have multiple athletes working through um, the same band and same app. And then what you can do from there is take it out and we have waistbands and you can put it around your waist. And this is mostly for jump testing. Um, you know, the it's interesting because jump testing, historically there's a Vertec, which is the, the slats you jump up and hit. Yep, you know, yep. one of those costs about 500, 600 US. You have a jump mat, which is a contact mat, which costs about the same. And it just gives you flight time and contact time. But um, with the accelerometer, we can do everything those can do at less than half the cost. Plus, we can give you some kinetic metrics like um, we can compute the force, we can compute uh, peak power, or takeoff velocity, or some of these metrics you might be interested that are a little more force plate in nature. Um, so yeah, those are the three main spots where you can put it. The last feature we have is called free movement, which is a bit of a coach's sandbox. Um, you can take it off and use any of the straps and say, put it on a prowler sled and see how fast they can shove it um, or put it on and implement and uh, see how fast they're moving it. Um, it's more for coaches to play around with. It's a reliable tool, but it's not like if you are looking at implement velocity and stuff, there's probably some better tools out there for that. Okay. So, so who's the primary users of, of this tech? Is it uh, coaches, personal trainers? So it started out in the pro space um, because the pro, I'd say the pro and Olympic sport institute worlds, they're the ones that had the previous versions of the tech, um, but they're always looking for something that is more portable, more affordable and easier to use and access. Um, part of our strength is our software. And, you know, part of that comes from having a resident strength coach and sports scientist myself as part of the team. It's funny, a lot of the other companies are engineers in silos building tech for tech's sake, and they just don't understand the flow of the daily training environment or the lab testing environment. So we put most of our effort into making the flow as simple and user-friendly as possible. So the uptake started in the pro and Olympic world, but uh, it's kind of, for lack of a better term, it's dribbled down, so you're gonna find it in, in a ton of NCAA schools. And because of the affordability, you're starting to see it pop up in a lot of private facilities. You know, they can use it for so many different things, um, but they don't need to put a heavy investment cost into it. Um, One of the newest areas we're working with is a lot of the universities and academic institutions. You're starting to see it used more in research. There's about 60 plus different studies going on in labs around the world using the push band. And then they're starting to incorporate it the same way you guys are in the education of future practitioners, just because it's so accessible. You know, um, 
uh, coming through the Kim programs, you know, I came through a world where we were doing VO2s on TSO tanks, like the old big tanks and, you know, using all these old methods or even, you know, my graduate degree was in uh, quantitative biomechanics. So using motion capture systems and force plates, all this equipment isn't cheap. So a lot of students come out of school learning it, but then they can't use it. Whereas something like the push band, if, if a student learns it in school, they now have a lab in their pocket that they can start using the next day. Um, and it's again, it's accessible based on usability and cost. So that's kind of the, the big vision impact we have is, is trying to get, get one in every exercise practitioner's hands. So, so let's talk about the easiest application. You have this device, you can attach it to your form, your bar, different parts of your body. You could work with yourself or different or a group of athletes. But let's say it's just me and I want to go, all right, let, let me get some, let me use this data. How is a coach using it to improve their athletes? Well, I'd say the first thing is real-time feedback. Um, you know, there are studies out there. I think uh, John O'Weekly, uh, Leeds Beckett, I think is the school he's at in the UK, published a paper basically showing knowledge of results will increase the, the outcomes. So we measure primarily, and I'm actually making a full circle here, you were asking what is the, the information we show. So the first layer of information is real-time velocity feedback. After every rep, it tells you how fast you moved. Previously, what we do, we used our eyes, and we say that looked fast or that didn't look fast. Sure, right. Now, our eyes are actually really bad sensors. If you dive into the literature on this stuff, they're not that good uh, at recognizing discrete things like joint angles or velocities. What humans are good at is pattern recognition. So you can tell like that squat looked bad, that squat looked good, but you don't know exactly what it is. It's a pattern. But as far as velocity uh, goes, our eyes aren't the greatest. So what it does, it gives you feedback to see, was that rep fast? How fast was it? Do we want to go faster? Do we want to go slower? But when the lifter sees that feedback, it drives intent. So they're going to push harder to try and move faster. And then you can get instantaneous feedback if they move faster. So at the highest level, we're quantifying speed in the weight room, which we couldn't do before. Love it. Absolutely love and it. That, so, and then moving to the second layer, um, it would be your post-set feedback. So when your set is over, you can dive a little deeper. You can look at peak velocity or peak speed and average velocity. Now, um, average includes the whole range of motion, which for most lifts is what you want to look at. But if we say an Olympic lift um, or something like that, maybe that first pull speed or lifting off the ground doesn't matter. So all you want to look at is the peak velocity or how, what is the top speed they got it to. So you can look at those. And then the other thing you can look at is power. So power is not only the speed, but it's multiplied um, by the strength. So looking at the load as well, um, because maybe you want to optimize for power output. You know, there's uh, another researcher in the UK, Sam Orange, who's using this device in clinical elderly populations. And he's showing that the power in a sit to stand task is highly correlated to activities of daily living. And from that, he can now measure and quantify elderly functional tasks using power. Um, so this information can be valuable in a variety of different settings. 
And then Chris, you're gonna to have to send me that uh, that paper research if it's already published or when it comes out. Because you mentioning sit to stand is blowing me away. Because I was just thinking, I was like, I wonder if we could use this for sit to stand testing. And, uh, and then to hear this, this is already happening is, is crazy. That's awesome. Yeah, there are a few researchers focused on those more clinical pops, and definitely I'll send along. And we have a few blog posts on it as well. Um, the other, you know, in that world, we're seeing a lot of uptake in physio you know, rehabilitation, um, baseline testing, and then someone gets hurt and you have numbers to go back to or um, left to right asymmetry. What is the velocity or power or jump height um, on the good leg versus the bad leg? And then when can we get it up? So we're seeing a lot more uptake in the, the clinician world for sure. Awesome. And then the third layer, so not to, to run on too long here, but um, is when you can do a deep dive under the hood so you can export the data after the session is done using our um, online software. And you can get metrics like force, um, acceleration, the eccentric and concentric duration, so your tempo. Um, if they're wearing it for the whole session, we can give you volume load, we can give you work, we can give you time under tension. So all the metrics that classically you would want to know as a, as a coach training people, but now you don't have to compute them in Excel. You don't have to write them down. It's all done automatically for you, um, which is one of the main reasons why I joined PUSH is, is we're in this day and age where, uh, you know, I work with some youth athletes and they want nothing to do with paper. Like the future is paperless and we have all this tech that can do the heavy lifting. So why am I still computing things manually in Excel? when it can be done for me and I can spend more time doing what matters, which is coaching and spending time with my clients and athletes. Well, this is great. I mean, I, I love the way you're kind of talking about the future because really the future is we no longer have to guess about how we're doing or which direction to take with our athletes or ourselves. If we have this objective data and it's valid and it's beautiful and the app calculates some of it for you, you know exactly what to be doing with your own training or your clients. And that's powerful. No pun intended. Yeah. Powerful. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And it's, I mean, the uptake in the industry as a whole, like 10 years ago, not a lot of people knew what velocity based training or VBT is. And that's kind of the whole encompassing term of this ideology. And now it's everywhere, right, left, and center, um, just because it, A, it works. And B, you know, like you just said, we're, we're, we're getting numbers on things we couldn't before. Right. I mean, love that you're mentioning velocity-based training. We're going to be talking about that in the first module of the human performance program. And one of the things that people don't really understand is when, you, when you're looking at motor unit activation, that the speed that you're moving at actually matters. So people kind of get obsessed with more load, more load, or, or more weight on the bar or the implement. But when you start thinking about speed as one of the variables, you, you also can get a positive training effect without having to put more weight on the bar, which may lead to more injuries. So we're starting to plant those seeds in people. So it starts becoming hopefully more mainstream as you create these elite coaches and not just this, you know, upper echelon of, of smart guys hiding at Olympic training centers, and, you know, nerding out together about creating the perfect athlete. 100%. It's, it's making it accessible uh, to the masses. And, and as it evolves, um, you know, we're already there. People can pick it up, pick up the app and figure it out without calling someone or, or reading an instruction manual. It's that easy. Hey, I know there's also a couple other different uses for the push band. You mentioned one of them with the 
um, the jump testing. Any other kind of unusual or interesting uses for the push band? Um, yeah, I mean, there's so many different uses. The jump one is probably what we see the most use out of because jump testing is used in so many different facets of exercise. But I'd say one of the recent ones we've gone down uh, is measuring kettlebell work. Because you can wear it on the body um, and the nature of kettlebell exercises, we're able to measure the velocity and power of that. We've recently partnered with another company, Strong First, who's one of the leaders in, in kettlebell education, um, and especially with some of their newer protocols, because they're looking at fatigue and trying to, to keep their um, athletes fresh, so not going driving them into a hole, cutting them off. And it's a principle called auto-regulation, Mm-hmm. which awesome. you, you can use it you can use it with any exercise it's just a matter of you know I show up today uh, if we set say when you drop below 10% we're gonna cut cut each other off now maybe I'm super fatigued today and I can only do five reps before my speed drops maybe you're coming in fresh and you can do 10 reps so now we're not prescribing off repetitions but we're prescribing off our readiness and what we can handle that day um, so that's kind of how they're looking to use it is to just minimize fatigue in their protocols. Love autoregulation training. And again, you're, you're looking at that data the same way people are now leveraging HRV in the morning to see how their day is going to go in regards to their training. It's like, see, everybody's trying to get more data so you become maybe a little bit more elite. Even if you're just a normal person, you're going, hey, what, what should I be doing? How could I be better today than I was yesterday? But you need data for that. So this is why I love the, these types of devices. You bring up an interesting point there too is is more data because one thing we've found is that um, inundating with too much data can also uh, be messy and a headache and that's why I kind of we layered in that that three layers so like the top layer is just one metric Mm -hmm. and then if you want to go post set it's two metrics and then if you want to dive under the hood there's about 20 so you know on the top level we keep it as simple as possible for the coaches as we can. No the app is very 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 slick i mean literally it makes it stupid simple for you to know when you could maybe go a little bit more maybe when you should be stopped depending on what you're how you're leveraging that but i I was very impressed with how intuitive the app was so i mean you guys are doing a fan a fantastic job hey i I gotta say i for the strong first guys now i i did kettlebell training gosh uh, 90 no 2000 (laughs) i don't know early 2000s right so pavel pavel literally beat me up so but i so i like to i like to hear that that, that they're that they're taking a slightly different direction than back in the day i remember doing bear crawls with like two 88 pound kettlebells across a football field mind you literally a football field thinking halfway through i'm like am i gonna die is this how i'm gonna die with a hundred other people here (laughs) yeah it's, it's actually interesting to see how far they've come um we work mostly with brett jones their director of education and craig um marker their scientists and their new protocols are so fundamentally sound and and it's interesting the direction they're going so um yeah they're they're always progressing and if you're not you're you're obsolete right right and so kenneth j actually has a history with those guys and uh, so that's why we're so glad to have kenneth j because we've always found uh dr j to be really really cutting edge i mean he's literally I feel one of the best in the world, and his take on kettlebells is very innovative to me. Um, one of the things that we're going to be talking about in the Human Performance Program is 
basically joint motion and trying to incorporate as many joints as possible. So exercise is interesting because you want to overload joints, which is true, but realistically athletic, athletic movement, you want to be able to leverage as many joints as possible to hopefully create more speed with the load you're using. So not to jump into the human performance program, but uh, Dr. J is going to explore everybody's mind. And the push band is going to be part of it. So we're appreciative uh, for you guys even showing us this tech back in the day. I'm glad we're featuring it in the human performance program. It's going to blow everybody away. Chris, I want to thank you very much for coming on the show and teaching us about this. And uh, I know there's other uh, tools in the push platform. I think we may have to have you back on the show so we can learn more about that stuff because we're going to be using that in the human performance program as well. Are you game for that? Oh, 100%. Happy to talk shop anytime. I appreciate you having me. I'm excited to see where you guys go with this tech because um, when you get a bunch of smart people using it, you always come up with new uses and use cases and new ways to to leverage it. So uh, looking forward to to seeing the feedback and how the students in the program use it. Uh, We we are too. So thank you, Chris. And until next time, my friend. Bye-bye. Take care. If you enjoyed this podcast and would like to make any suggestions for any future podcast topics, please visit the Contact Us page on carrickinstitute.com.